passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Morning, Chuck. What do we uh, think about this 2023 football schedule? Morning, guys. Well, I mean, you know, it's that every other year schedule. I mean, the way it's kind of set up right now, we have uh, a more favorable schedule in, um, I guess this is an even year. And in the odd years, you have a little bit less favorable schedule. Um, you know, the, the thing that's glaring, and it's going to be taken care of, I think, over time here, is that you know, Arkansas is tied into two contracts. You're tied into two contracts away from your home campus right now. You're tied into the Southwest Classic contract, and you're tied into the Little Rock contract. And you're, you're, you're. Um, I think you're um, in a situation where that's going to end, but we're not there yet. So I think next year reflects that. But you know, it's been this way for a little while. I mean, it's. Um, um, it'll probably change when the schedule changes with the conference expansion. Um, but but for right now, this is kind of the way it's been working. I think with the schedule that they have this next year, and I was also looking at some other SEC teams that we can get into a little bit later on, it, it's almost like fans either want one thing or another. They want an easy schedule where their team can get to the title, or they want a lot of really quality home games, which you have the latter this year, but... There's always seems to be a complaint about something, Tommy. It's never fully satisfaction, which I guess as fans on a What's Your Beef Wednesday, we're allowed to do that. Well, I, I, they opened the season, I remember, 2017, about five years ago in Little Rock. It almost feels like you got two home openers. You know, I think there's part of the state, you pay attention to the game, and you won't know that your team wins. But when you play a team like Western Carolina next year to open the season in Little Rock, there'll be a lot of people with Fayetteville tickets, they'll just... They'll pass on that. That's Labor Day weekend. That just gives you the green light to go to the lake, to go do whatever else with your kids. And, yeah, I'll, I'll watch and keep up and listen to Chuck on the radio. For a lot of people, it'll feel like the season really opens with Kent State the next week. The other thing that's kind of hard in here, Chuck, is there's a long gap in late September all the way to 
you know, October 21 where you don't play in Fayetteville. So there's some there's some long stretches where you're not in, you know in front of your fans. Well, that's because you're you know again you're 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 hamstrung by that contract um, mm-hmm. next year. You know, playing uh, playing again in 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 Texas. So I mean that's. Um, you know, again, this is, um, you know, we're about to go through a streak here in a little bit where Arkansas is not going to play at home for a while. They're going to play Alabama a week from Saturday, and then it's going to be a long time before they play at home again. they got three road games and an open date. So, um, you know, there's some there's some scheduling issues there that I think will be corrected, if you want to use that term, when the conference expands i think the sec is going to bail arkansas out perhaps on these contracts and i think they're going to run their course anyway but you know that's uh, that's been my issue in this odd numbered scheduling year for quite some time is is to me it's a competitive issue um you know it goes beyond when are they going to be here and how good a game is it it's 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 a competitive issue and um i don't think for example that you should have to wait until October 21st to play your first home conference game. Um, but that's where you are next year. You know, traditionally, if you go back to the old days, you would play either your first or second game in Little Rock, and the other one would be in Fayetteville. And that's kind of how the schedule shapes up next year. You know, you can't play the marquee games at home every year. It's going to be a home at home, uh, you know, uh, at least the way it's set up right now. But when the new schedule comes out and they figure out exactly what they want to do. Um, I don't know that it's going to be like this. Take some call. The, Go ahead, Tommy. I'm sorry. You get the road trips to Bama. You get the road trip to LSU, which is in an odd place in the schedule. We'll talk about that later coming up, playing them in September. But then down to the swamp in November, which is good to play in that. I mean, Baton Rouge will be hot and humid late September, but you don't want to play Florida early in the year. November's a good spot if you've got to go to Gainesville. Let's get hear your opinion on this. 877-377-6963. The texts are piling up. Got a couple callers, including Johnny or Fort Smith. Johnny, I know you want to talk about this and the football team right now. Go ahead, man. You're on a Watch Your Beef Wednesday. Yes, so my beef is actually this, this opening line that they're giving us for this Texas A&M game. You know, a two-and-a-half-point underdog. And I know everyone wants to talk about the Arkansas secondary and how terrible they've been and how rough we looked um, versus Missouri State. We get Miles Slusher back this week. And then when you look at Texas A&M passing statistics, they're not any better. Um, you know, they're 124th in passes per game, 123rd in pass yards per game. They have an 11% sack rate, um, which is 120th in the country. You know, I think this will be a great test for our defense, getting Miles Slusher back and going against this offense. But, you know, I think we're being a little bit disrespected on national media. Johnny, I'm going to be honest, and Chuck, Tommy, I don't know how you feel. Appreciate your call, man. I kind of like that Arkansas wasn't favored in this game. Anytime that Arkansas can play the role as underdog, even if you're really good like you are this season, I just think they tend to they tend to use that to their advantage, and I think they'll use well, that on Saturday. I don't think any of the players at practice are going, man, we're a two-and-a-half-point underdog. I don't, I don't, I don't think that. I think fans talk about it. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it plays as big a role in the game as maybe people realize. Um, I think it affects arguments fans have during the week, but I don't think it affects the game at all. I think when you, you know, if you got a two and a half point line, that's essentially a pick 'em game. Um, and so, I mean, um, when it's two and a half points, it means we don't know who's going to win, and we're trying to get a little action on both sides. And I'm sure that'll work this week. 
Well, listen, if you feel disrespected, unwind the rubber band, big boy. You know, if you if you think they've got the line wrong, here's your chance. You know, drop drop an extra hundred on it this week. So that, that, that's what I tell people. Man, they got this line rubber. They, they're disrespecting well, our lines wrong. Money. They, I was going to well, say. Then, by God, put, put you an extra hundred on it. Just how be, much action are you going to put on yeah, it this week, you, Ty, if you're so mad? Just how to much be action clear, are you going to put on it? Just to be clear, it? Tommy was not directing that at Chuck for all you Arkansas Athletic Department members listening. No, this morning. That was directed at the proverbial they know that. They know I don't. We're talking about you, Ty. You're sitting there talking about how you're mad about it. I'm just, just asking, well, where's your action going? I just yeah. said I wasn't mad about it. I said I was happy about it because I think Arkansas will use that. You need any motivation. I don't can. think it's an issue. I don't think it's an issue. I think it's something for people to talk about. But I don't think it's I, I don't think a two and a half point line either way on the game is going to affect one single thing once they start playing or one single thing once they start practicing. I think we have no clue what motivates a team, Ty. We can talk about lines and all that. I don't think what motivates those hundred men inside those walls and those coaches is – I don't think we have our finger on that pulse at all. We know what riles fans up, and that's betting lines. You know, we just heard from Johnny on that. You know, The things that get players' attention to motivate them, I think, are, are vastly different than what we, the fans, pay attention to. You know, we heard Chris Paul at the top of our open and – He's a Georgia kid. He doesn't really have this huge affiliation with Arkansas coming over. He's a great linebacker, and I think he's going to be awesome here. And what he said is that students have been talking to him all week about the importance of this game. This game is very important to me. But based on what you guys have said since we've been doing this show, A&M isn't as big of a deal to y'all's generation as is mine. Is, Is there a difference in that? Yeah, I think your generation has seen the game played in Dallas since you were, uh, I don't know, four. And um, so, I'm joking. Four, there. okay. But, uh, um, <laughs> Pretty you close, know, um, yeah, I'm not far. <laughs> was it, but, oh, not far um, oh, it was actually but, eight, but, Chuck, but, 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 yeah. but my point is, is I think your generation, there's been more glamour around the game because it's played in Dallas and because they caused, called it the Southwest Classic. And I, I do think it's interesting that you bring that up, and here's why. Um, they declared that game to be the Southwest Classic. It wasn't, you know, nobody ever called it that before they declared it that for marketing purposes. First off, shows you how marketing works because to your generation, it's a big ball game because it's been the A&M game and the Southwest Classic. To my generation... I remember the games at Kyle Field. I mean, when Arkansas played in the Southwest Conference, my entire childhood and most of my adult life, or at least a lot of my adult life, um, you know, if you played A&M on, on, on the road, you went to College Station. Man, it had some great wins down there. And if you played A&M at home, they came to Fayetteville. That was not the game that people had circled at the start of the season. Um, there was no classic to it. Uh, you just played A&M that week. Yeah. This will be the 79th meeting. I think your point, Chuck, is a lot of a lot yeah. of people focus on the last fifteen. This will There's be been the seventy eight Southwest Classic. This will be, right. I think, the twelfth. I think we're seven or A and M seven and four in Arlington. So this will be the twelfth time they played in Arlington. That means sixty seven other times. You know, they played somewhere else. They played one time in Dallas at the Cotton Bowl, I guess. Um, but every other game's been on campus. So when you really look at the history of this rivalry, it has nothing to do with Jerry World. But for a generation of Razorback fans, that is where they 
think of when mm-hmm. they think of Arkansas and A&M play. Here's a YouTube message from Grayson, who graduated the U of A in 2021. Beating A&M is huge to me. And I have a friend who half of her family are A&M grads, half of her family are Arkansas grads. She's from Texarkana. And she was down between College Station and Fayetteville. She chose Fayetteville. So that means a great deal to me. I think the reason it means so much to me personally is I know you won in 09, 2010, 2011. But from 2012 to 2020, you did not win that game. And so that's why when you had all the – and again, y'all's history is better than mine. That's why it's so important to me because you finally started winning again. I get that because they're your Texas. We didn't – your generation didn't play Texas. You didn't play the University of Texas. Um, and let's be honest, we didn't beat them all that often. They'd go eight, ten, nine, you know, eight, nine, ten years with us not beating them either. And um, Texas is not on the schedule anymore. They're going to be, but they're not on the on, on the uh, on the schedule anymore. So I think, again, I think it's a generational thing. But um, you know, uh, sure would be nice to win Saturday. I'll just say that. I remember as a yeah, I don't know, it was probably 12 or 13, maybe. Four, I don't know, Quinn Grovey was the quarterback, and Arkansas had to go to Kyle Field and win to clinch the Southwest Conference and the Cotton Bowl and all of that. And it was a huge ball game. So, I mean, that I remember I – re, I vividly remember watching that with my dad. Well, see, when I think of games with A&M, when I think of great games with A&M, the only one that really sticks out to my mind in my mind in uh, Arlington is the uh, 2011 game where they came back and beat them 42 to 38. When I think of Texas A&M games, I think of Otis Lloyd breaking up Kevin Murray's pass in Little Rock. I think of beating them in 1975, 31 to six to go to the Cotton Bowl. I think of that game you were talking about. Shannon Wright played in that game, and a lot of other guys. Barry Foster was awesome in that game. Year before, they'd beaten them in Fayetteville, 25 to 20. That's when they had the wrecking crew. Ty, you were talking about their defense a little earlier. Um, these guys are nothing compared to what the wrecking crew was back in those days. These guys are soft compared to what the wrecking crew was back then. And uh, anybody that's old enough to remember knows that. But that's what I think of when I think of Texas A&M. I think of R.C. Slocum. Yep. Um, I think of those guys. I don't think about going to Arlington. If I had, Chuck, if I had a nickel for every time someone 20, 30 years older than me told me, hey, these guys weren't these guys back in the day, these guys would have been soft compared to this. Well, Ty, I would if be you'd seen him, you wouldn't even begin to question it. Would if I be you'd scared? Seen him, you wouldn't even begin to. Yeah. No, I'm not saying you'd be scared. I'm just saying that well, um, the history of, if you want to look at Texas A&M respectfully, you got to go back a lot further than Arlington. I, I mean, you're just talking about the tail end of it. Um, Texas A&M, until the last couple of years, particularly as a physical football team, they've been a shell of what they were under R.C. Slocum and what they were for a long time under Jackie Sherrill. Um, they've not been that type of team defensively in many, many years. Well, when you played football in that era, when it was the wishbone and in a power running game, you had to be good on defense or you were going to get killed because there wasn't you know the spread offense. And you know you had a little bit there with Houston that came along and, the, and some shootouts, but – Mainly, it was, well, it was a, different you know, a lot game. of running up the middle. Yeah, it was a whole different. Well, game. You, you know, it was a different game, and in those areas or in that in that era, um, defense was not as much about tackling in space as it is now. For example, um, John Jenkins was really the only one in the league that made you do that on a consistent basis. And um, yeah, I mean, defense was different then, no doubt about it. 
Well, this is sure sparks some conversation. We're loaded up with calls. We've got a bunch of texts I haven't gotten to, and we've got a bunch of social media messages as well. Keep them coming, 877-377-6963. Kagan is in Pigot. Kagan, what do you think about the Aggies? Kagan, go ahead, man. Okay, sorry. I thought I lost it. You're good, man. Go ahead. No, uh, I think uh, I think our offense is this, this season here so far, I think they're playing a little bit conservative, in my opinion. I feel like they're going to officially start opening stuff up. And uh, I think our defense, they'll, they'll end up being all right. And they got good coaches. They, they know what they're doing. We just need our defensive back to step up. But if we keep stacking the quarterback, who cares? Let them pass for 300 if we keep winning. It, it is what it is, in my opinion. We got a good quarterback, good running backs, a good offensive line. I think we're going to be just fine. But let me ask you this. I heard y'all talk about the old school days. My grandpa was – I had the privilege to watch a game with him the other day, and he's almost 80. And he's one of those old school, you know, listen on the radio kind of guys. He don't watch the game. He just listens. He said, boy, we'd like to have OKJ Jefferson back in the 70s. said he'd been a meat knocker or something like that. But anyways, I just wanted to call and get to talk to y'all for a second. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, we appreciate it. Okay, make sure your daughter's in KJ's shirt again this weekend, okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, for those who don't know, Kagan has a, a young four-month-year-old girl that he's got a nice little KJ shirt for. Well, Chuck, to be honest, uh, Kagan's grandpa sounds like your kind of people. Only listens to the game on the radio. Or his dad. That's right. You're right. He's a good That's man, exactly sounds right. like. I guess so. Oh. I, I think Arkansas, to Kagan's point, has a chance to to have some to do some damage as they did. I mean, we saw it last year. I know this is a different Texas A&M team than last season, but... To his point, I think Arkansas is going to do some damage offensively against the Aggies. I'm not, I'm not sure what fr- – frankly, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. And you brought this up, Ty, and, and the caller brought it up. You brought it up a couple of days ago, I think. Um, I don't know what people are talking about when they say they're going to open the offense up a little more. I mean, what are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, really, what are you talking about? I, I mean, they, yeah. they, they, they threw the ball deep. They've, they've run reverses. They've done sh- – I mean, what are you talking about? Well, I think – I think. What what happens, Chuck, is people see one play that Traylon Burks made last year, and they're like, Arkansas went deep all the time. But they and domin- they made the same play the other yeah. day with uh, Keytron Jackson. No, same I, play. And I I agree. But what people invi- and what happens when you watch games is you take that one play and you think that Arkansas was doing that the entire game. Oh, right? I, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. But I don't know what people are talking about when they say, when are they going to open the offense? Well, up? <laughs> what do you want? You want double reverse passes on every play? Uh, Tommy doesn't want don't, that. Hey, don't tip Kendall Bryles on that stuff. But, I mean, it's getting – I, I, I hate honest, that getting, crap. I, I hate, hate that stuff. Isn't it getting boring, though, just watching K, uh, Rocket run for 170? You know, just, just first down after – doesn't that just get well, boring? <laughs> if, 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 you know, they're, 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 if, if, if you don't see the modern principles in this offense, if you don't see all the motion and all the eye candy and all the things that they're doing, frankly, you, you know, you, you're not maybe quite sure what you're watching because there are tons of modern principles in this offense. But the thing that makes it work – is it is still based on physicality, which is still what football is. Yeah. I was talking with Clay yesterday, and we were talking about South Carolina. He'd been on that trip out uh, out west, and I said, man, 
that South Carolina game was your kind of game because on the run plays, they just lined up there and they moved the South Carolina defensive line back about three yards at every snap. I mean, they just own the line of scrimmage. And that's that's when Arkansas is at their best, I think, offensively, guys, is when you just get up there and you just roll over people. I mean, you may not be as flashy and, and have all the eye candy you're talking about, Chuck, but it's the most effective well, thing they can do. Unfortunately, there's a generation of football fans. Most of their knowledge comes from playing Madden. Um, <laughs> football's uh, that's just the truth. Hey, is that a shot? That is the we're, truth. Is that a we're shot? We're doing a radio truth. show with one yes. of them. That yes, sounds like a, a shot. shot. No, yes, no, no, no. That sounds like shot. that sounds like a. If you're if Ty, if 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 your knowledge of cover zero comes from playing Madden, you're who I'm talking about. Yeah. No, uh, I, I football's was... about knocking the guy off the line across the way. That's what football. I'll... You can call that old school all you want, but you don't know what you're talking about. I, what I was going to say, that's not a shot at me. That's a shot at your pals. Chuck and or, or Quinn and Z, who are playing Madden on those road trips. Well, man. first that's off, what Z's I heard. Not playing. First off, Z doesn't play Madden, and secondly. Quinn Grovey knows a lot more about football than just Madden. <laughs> Come on. I just remember when you guys called us last year and you were on the phone and we asked, where's Quinn? He's, and you go, oh, he's over there playing Madden. That's oh, he I, plays all the time. That's and, what and, you I know, he sees thought. a different Madden game than the rest of us do. But uh, <laughs> now Quinn didn't learn his football on Madden. We got too many guys out there that learn their football playing Madden, and they didn't like that. Well, I don't like Madden. I like NCAA football, so I don't know if that helps my case or hurts it, but I don't, I'm not a Madden guy. Yeah, I get, I get all the buttons confused. Hey, if you have a loan with a variable or balloon interest rate and you're worried about the rising cost of interest, now, today is the time to call our friends at Farm Credit and lock in a long-term fixed rate for the life of your loan. Hey, if rates come back down, you can always refinance, but why let them continue to go up another point or point and a half and you pay more every month? Call Farm Credit. There's an office near you. You can find one at myaglender.com and lock in your rate for that peace of mind you need in changing economic times. That's Farm Credit, myaglender.com. Farm Credit is an equal housing lender. All right, real quick, Jimmy is in Conway. Jimmy, you've got some thoughts on the Aggies. we got about a minute, man. All right, hey, I don't have to go far to get some motivation against the Aggies. You remember after last year's game, how many Aggie players were interviewed and said, they didn't stop us, we stopped ourselves, we beat us. They didn't do anything to stop us. I don't know if you guys remember that, but I do. It really burns me up. Yeah. I remember. And I I hope they play that for the guys and they tear them up. (laughs) Can't stand the Aggies. (laughs) $30 million won't buy you class. And, uh, (laughs) you know, that's just kind of how $30 million will buy you a lot of things. But it it won't buy you class. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
See ebaymotors.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today, or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, 50. That's BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, 5-0. Bet online, where the game starts. First Western Bank, we are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. So Matt Landers got asked this yesterday about, hey, who's the fastest wide receiver? He said this. Uh, you know I'm going to say me, but we got a lot of fast guys, though. I feel like I win them all, but those guys are pretty fast, though. We got some pretty, pretty fast young guys in the room. We've seen Landers. We've seen Keytron Jackson. We saw Bryce Stevens take it at the house. We've heard about Isaiah Satania, Solomon High School. Guys, who's the fastest wide receiver on this team? Or not? Or just player? I don't know. I mean, it's just like what we just heard. Every time I've ever asked one, they all say me. So, uh, I, I, to my knowledge, I don't know if they've lined them all up down there and, you know, had a foot race from end to end. I'll tell you this, that um, most important thing is how fast you are with a football in your hand. Yeah. And uh, they're all pretty fast in that regard. Who's the fastest? I don't know. Until proven otherwise, I'm saying Rocket Sanders because he showed me he could outrun everybody to the goal line the other night. All right. so. Well, now, Bryce Stevens was a 100-meter champion in Oklahoma. Yeah. So, if you were to line up and run a race, I suspect he'd win. I think the bigger question is who'd win in a, a race between Tommy and Chuck. Chuck, do you think you could fend off Tommy for that 40-yard dash title? It would be, um, you know, I think getting to the 40 yards would be the biggest part. <laughs> yeah. It might be uh, a photo finish. We might need the folks from Oakland to come up here and take a photo at the end just to uh, to, de- to determine the winner. I think that'd so be a fun we would We would both be a blur. There's no question. We would both move so fast we'd be a blur. Flying up and down. I think it would be a fun competition in the offseason for Matt Landers, Malik Hornsby, Bryce Stevens, and Isaiah Satania. Maybe throw one or two other guys in there. But to truly see, because I know it's it's like those bragging rights that kind of Matt was talking about. Well, I, I would imagine they've already done that. They've just not done it with a bunch of people there watching. I bet <laughs> yeah. they've lined up and run a race before. I mean, of course they have. But guys, it hadn't been that long ago. We were, you know, we'd have conversation about the lack of team speed, the lack of guys that had that burst. And now you're talking about which guy may have the best burst. So there's 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 a marked change between a few years ago and today on guys that can really go, Chuck. Well, part of it is, you know, the better the football player, the more he knows how to utilize his speed. I mean, uh, uh, Bryce Stevens. Let me give you Bryce Stevens' punt return, for example. Being the fastest Razorback is not the reason he returned that 82 yards. I mean, it helped, 
But that's not the reason he returned at 82 yards. It's because there were blocks thrown. He played his block. He got to the sideline at the right time. Um, so, you know, there's, there's straight speed, and then there's football speed. They're two entirely different things. But, um, you know, speed helps. Speed's a necessity. you got to have it. But speed by itself, I mean, um, who was the guy that left the team the other day? Jaqueline Crawford? He was pretty fast. I, I mean, he, you know, if they were to line him up ten times, he might have won, you know, one of those races. So, I mean, you know, if it was all about speed, I mean, you know, it'd be easy. I mean, you know, you just pick the player that wins the race. He's the best player. But it's not yeah. that simple. You know what they say about speed, guys, right? It kills. It kills. You can't coach it. <laughs> you can't coach it. No, so. you're right. No, but 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 guys, let's be frank. We ain't the only one with fast guys. I mean, no. there's a lot of kids on scholarship at other schools that are pretty darn fast too. It's oh. it it it's it's about football speed, and it's a whole lot more about those other ten guys sometimes than it is how fast the guy with the ball is. All right, that's your Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily Question. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at RedRiverDodge.com. This hour of Chuck Barrett on the Morning Rush is presented by V's Barbershop with two locations in Rogers and Bentonville. Visit V's Barbershop online at vbarbershop.com or in person and see why V's is a cut above the rest. I don't know if this guy has a beef, but he's called in this morning. Eddie is in Clarksville. Eddie, you are on the Morning Rush, man. Go ahead. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning to this great fan base. You know, as I look at this game where the Hulk train is headed to Arlington, and to me, we're still 3-0. Everything that we set out to do as a program, which looks to have a great season and win 10 or more games, it's still on the table. Huge game, no doubt about it, for both programs. When you look at the $75 million man in the Aggies, for one, whoever wins this game Saturday, I think it's going to be the Hawk train. I believe when we leave Arlington, the whistle is going to be blowing back to Fayetteville. But when you look at this game, a nationally televised, it's good for recruiting. I mean, somewhere in Texas, all over Texas, there are recruits. They're going to be watching this game. And what do you have an opportunity to do? To beat the Aggies in Arlington, basically on their home field. It's a great series, and we need to go down there and do exactly that. But I went to my record collection, Chuck, Tommy, and Ty this morning. I find two songs by Bob Seger for this game. For our secondary, our press defense, I went to turn the page. This is an opportunity for you young men, you're young and strong, to turn the page and go down there and stick it to the Aggies. You can do your part in the secondary. Just turn it around and believe in yourselves. Trust in one another and make that tackle. And I went to other Bob Seger song against the wind. You know, this is an opportunity as a program. We need to go down there against the wind and play like a wildfire out of control. So there's nothing left to burn and nothing left to prove that you're a better program than the Aggies. So go do it. Hey, appreciate the call. I uh, I think everyone's fired up after hearing it. Guys, here's the question I have. This is your first, and I know it's still not a away game. This is your first game playing away from Fayetteville. How do these guys respond doing that this week? I think that's a good question. I mean, it's the first time you travel, and I know for everybody listening, you know, travel sounds real easy. 
Um, and it is a lot easier than maybe, you know, I certainly have it when I fly commercial or anybody else either. I mean, it's 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 pretty good travel setup, but I mean, you are leaving home. You are doing things. Your routine's different. Everything's different than it was before. This game, because of where it's played, um, has a different feel to it. And I do think that's, uh, you know, I, th- I, th- I think that is something that potentially comes into play. You know, I found it interesting what Sam Pittman said earlier this week about not taking the team on Friday for a walkthrough and then just the the awe of the building. Um, he made the decision not to do that again. Chuck, I just found that interesting that that building can can catch you a little, you know, starstruck. Looking up at the screen, all the features of that building, uh, there's not going to be a walkthrough with the team uh, this week. Coaches do it differently. I mean, I've we've had coaches that do walkthroughs. We've had coaches that don't. Um, and I'm sure it's that way everywhere. Um, you know, they have a routine that they go through. They go to a movie on Friday night. I know when they play a night game on Saturday. And um, I think all that stuff's overrated. I, I think these are, these these kids are used to playing in big-time atmospheres. And I know there's a lot of bells and whistles in there. But these guys get to that stadium pretty good amount of time before the game. they got plenty of time to walk around. And, um, you know, if you had a bunch of kids out there that had never – you know, um, never been outside of town of 5,000 people. That'd be one thing. But, I mean, these, you know, these these aren't the kids on Hoosiers. I mean, they've uh, they've played in big atmospheres before. <laughs> Chuck, uh, Tommy, to your point, what Pittman was talking about with the A&M, I heard Christopher Pupal and Zach Williams talking about, this is also your first SEC West game. Yes, they played an SEC game, but they almost put it up even another notch that they're playing their first SEC West opponent on Saturday. What's well, Best division in college football. Um, I mean, it's a uh, you know this is a this is a team you're more familiar with. South Carolina is a conference opponent, but you don't play them every year, and so you know you don't have the familiarity. It doesn't um, you know your fans aren't talking about making a trip, kind of like a bowl game, and uh, you're not going to a you know a big shiny place. So you know there's a, there's certainly a difference in playing a Western Division team and an Eastern Division team you don't see every year. Tommy, to your point, Jamie May texting. They said they go to Dallas every year. Swagger travels wherever when you're mentally prepared. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's plenty of swagger with just that uh, that building. But I think it's a huge game from the standpoint of you know we know the schedule. It's A and M, then you get uh, Alabama, and you get Mississippi State in your first half of the SEC slate. I mean, you win this one, you can do no worse than two and two in your conference record uh, with Bama and Mississippi State coming in, in two difficult games uh, on your schedule. But uh, t- to me, it, it really sets up what could be a, a nice first half of your SEC slate. Well, you look at what it did last year. I mean, you look at what it did last year in terms of kind of giving us an indicator of what it was going to be. I, I mean, this year we're mad because – Arkansas is not favored. I mean, last year I think people felt like, yeah, we might have a shot down there, but I don't know that everybody expected to win the way they do now. Um, That comes with continued winning. But, you know, that was the game last year where I kind of felt like, you know, we're a pretty darn good team. I mean, uh, uh, we're physical up front. We can block. Um, We got a chance to win some ball games. Chuck, you know, this series, you know, there's been times where A&M, quite frankly, should have blown out Arkansas. And there was, a, there was one back, what was it, 2012 with Manziel, where they won, I think, by the most points they've ever won by in the series. But by and large, this has been tight ball games, even when maybe it shouldn't have been. Why, why do you think that is that this, ta- this, ga- uh, this series is so tightly competitive, even in years where there seems to be a wide gap between the two teams? 
Well, because I think, and I'll go back to what Ty was saying a little bit earlier, I do think over the course of the last 10, 12 years, because of where it's played, because there's a trophy involved, uh, because kids in both states now, the players play and have grown up with this being a big game, um, I think that lends itself toward close games and lends itself to the phrase that, you know, when those two get together, you can throw out the record books. Um, you know, you look at the series as a whole. I mean, Arkansas's, you know, Arkansas's over time, um, you know, Arkansas has been better. But um, I, I think recently, you know, to answer your question, I, I, th- I think there is a, uh, a bigger game feel because, you know, again, if, 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 if you're of the mind that, you know, that's a contrived rivalry and it's never going to be, you know, what they make it out to be, your mind's not going to be changed. But if you're 19 years old and you were raised in Arkansas or, or Texas, um, you've watched this game on television since, you know, you were seven or eight years old, and it's ingrained in you. And I think that's got a lot to do with it, too. We've gotten some text about kind of this A&M rivalry. You're welcome to text in 877-377-6963. Text that A&M has the same arrogance as Texas, and they don't back it up. They're worse than Texas. They oh, Texas no, at least not. No, they're not. They're not even in the ballpark with the arrogance well, of Texas. He, 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 here's why I say that they're worse because Texas has been to two national championships in the last decade. A&M has not. Texas, for all we make fun of them for, they still, to a certain degree, have a level of success in certain championship situations. A&M does not even get close to that. That's the well, difference between what Let me what tell you happened. what's happened in Texas. Here's the thing we have to realize. All Texas and Texas A&M people care about is what the other side thinks about them. They don't care about anybody else except for Oklahoma if you're Texas. A&M doesn't care what anybody – I mean, they mention each other in their fight songs, for crying out loud. I, I, I mean, um, that's uh, – you know, and what happened was Texas A&M was little brother for 100 years. Texas A&M was little brother. Texas could go to every recruit in that state and say, if you want to win a national championship, there's only one place you can go. If you want to stay in this state and win a national championship, there's only one place you can go, and that's here. Texas A&M ran past him, sprinted past him in Texas recruiting right after joining the league. That's why Texas is joining the league now, because A&M's beating them in recruiting. That's why A&M's arrogant right now for the same way that Texas was under Mac Brown. That's why they called him Coach February. Every year they'd win the uh, – every year they'd be one or two in the recruiting rankings, and then they'd lose three or four games. And that's what's going on right now with A&M. I think if you delved into it and it'd take a couple of days to do it, I think that's a commentary on Texas high school football. But be that as it may, um, big picture, though, A&M may be arrogant. Alabama may be arrogant, and they are, but it's not like what Texas was. Tommy, you remember how close. fidgety Ross Bjork was at SEC Media Days? And I guarantee you, I have no – this is just my opinion. He's the one that – or one of his lackeys leaked that report to Brent Winterman of the Houston Chronicle about Texas and OU joining the league. There's not a doubt in my mind that happened. He was adamant as soon as that broke news came out we joined the league to be on our own and then of course a couple days later greg sankey whipped him into shapes like yeah we're gonna vote texas into the league you remember it was such a change from that two points those couple days 
Well, he thought he could sway his counterparts or maybe get some sentiment to go his way. And, I mean, let's just be honest. The league's better off with OU and Texas in it. It's just it's more star-studded. There's more Goliaths. That's uh, that's what we want as sports fans. So um, his feelings and sentiments were just self-serving. That's all they were. Jackson texted in uh, kind of to counter your point. He says A&M is worse than Texas. And maybe this is the, the old heads. I will say that I think Texas is worse in terms of the arrogance overall, but they at least have done something to back it up at this point. JT and Hot Springs, you mentioned this, that Texas also mentions Texas A. That's so weird to me. Does Arkansas, I'm trying to think of our fight song, do we mention any other team? You're in a our, graduate. You should know the fight song in your sleep. I got to do this in my head. Oh, no, the they don't mention any other. I, well, I'm, I'm just kind of doing it on the fly, real quick, Tommy. And I was trying to think. I was like, I don't think Arkansas mentions. Can you do it sober? Can I do it sober? <laughs> I can't. Song? I can't do it drunk. <laughs> yeah, I can do it sober. No one wants well, to hear that. That's the only that, way though. students did it. <laughs> we've had uh, we've had some songs sung on this program that we yeah. don't need to to get in that again. He think uh, Jeffrey Dirks brings this up, and you mentioned the thirty million dollars doesn't buy you class earlier, Chuck. He thinks paying all those players have hurt A&M. They aren't here to represent the university. They're there for the money. Oh, I think you'll say that about every place you don't like. I mean, uh, um, you know, let's not act like we hadn't spent some NIL money and lots of other schools hadn't either. A&M's, you know, that figure was so staggering that it just kind of jumped off the page. And that's when, uh, you know, that's when everybody kind of, you know, started talking a lot about it. It's... um, you know they've uh, they've spent a lot of money, but others others have too. Hey guys, let me say this: if you want to get into a good argument, I mean, you want to get into a good sports argument, go to the barber shop. I mean, <laughs> You've got that right. You can get into some good sports discussions, and you know V's Barber Shop. You were talking about them a little bit earlier, Tommy. Uh, you know this is a full service barber shop. They are cut above. Uh, they do much more than provide a great haircut. Uh, they view it, and, and and this is you know a lot of people view it this way. It's a ritual. Uh, it's a step back in time, and uh, with real barber chairs and hot lather and straight-edge razors and all that stuff, and they've got it at V's Barbershop. Now, you can log on to vbarbershop.com, and you can make your appointment. They've got a couple of locations in northwest Arkansas, a couple in Little Rock. They're at, a, at, they're at 100 Southwest 14th Street in Bentonville. Uh, it's just west of 71B, and they're in the Pleasant Crossing, uh, Pleasant Crossing Shopping Center in Rogers. they got a couple of locations in Little Rock, too. They're on Cantrell Road and Chennault Parkway there. But, uh, again, Pleasant Crossing Shopping Center in Rogers, 14th Street in Bentonville. You can make your reservation at vbarbershop.com. And if your barber doesn't have a straight razor and that, that machine with that hot lather, he, you're not in the right spot. That, that's... That's when you know you're uh, you're in in the right place. That old timey hey, barbershop. They make Ty look halfway decent when he walks out of there, and so uh, that sold me right away. I would, when, when when you went in to get a shave the other day, did they just laugh or did they uh, keep a straight face? No, I just told her I was like, I grow a good beard down low, but I got peach fuzz oh, up top, and it's frustrating because my brother can grow a thick beard, Jeez. and I just have kind of it's blonde up top, which doesn't look good. But now I got that. I got that. Facial too, and I swear I forgot everything I had to do the rest of the day. It was uh, Kaylee hooked me up. It was nice, relaxing. It was very relaxing. All right, so Arkansas's 2023 football schedule came out. That's what JW in London wants to talk about. Go ahead, JW. Hey, I'm excited. Uh, I think my fellow uh, Johnson uh, County boy um, from Clarksville there summed up about this weekend. 
that's just not bring that, that's not the fire rage and I'll leave any doubt when we leave. But I find myself one other thing before I get into the schedule. The world was turned upside down. I find myself agreeing with Ty at this point. <laughs> is that Texas is going to be our natural rival. The David and Goliath. They're the only program that is going to have the juice to, to have programs from top to bottom like Arkansas does. They're going to be a football school. But they're going to have basketball, baseball, track and field, the whole nine yards. And that's pretty exciting because that's what we do. But as far as the schedule goes, uh, what I see is that next year, those games, even if we win 10 games this year, are not going to have full attendance because they just don't have the stellar matchups in Little Rock or in Fayetteville that they did this year. I see that as a good thing because a lot of folks, if they've got kids, you know, 8, 9, 10 years old, they can't really afford to do what it takes to travel to some of these other storied venues in other states. But they can go in-state. And for the future of our program, you know, we don't know what eight- or nine-year-old kid is going to turn out to be the quarterback that we've been looking for or the linebacker or the lineman, offensive or defensive. And those kind of things are really important for the program so that we can lock up the talent we have in this state. And I think that's an interesting point. And I'll tell you why. Because um, I do think it's important that people in our state have an opportunity to go watch the Razorbacks play. Even if it's against, you know, directional U, and it's the only game you get to go to. I think he's, I think that's a good point, and I think what we'll see happen next year. I think we see it this year, too, but we may see it more and more next year when the schedule is like that. I think there's going to be people at the stadium. Um particularly if the trajectory continues the way it is. But you may have a different crowd. You may have people that, oh, I'm not turned on by Kent State. I don't want to go to that game. Well, you got a whole bunch of people. Whatever town you live in, there's somebody in your town that'd crawl over hot coals to go to that Kent State game. And um, so um, I think that's an interesting point. I really hadn't thought about it from that angle, but I think that's an interesting point about the schedule, and I hope it works out that way. Because um, people in our state do need to be able to go to the Razorback games. And, um, you know, you may not be able to afford to do it every game. There was a time. There was a time when you could, but we're past that time. Um, you got to pick and choose. And, and, and I hope maybe that, you know, in situations where it's not a glamour opponent, that somebody will take those tickets and they'll be thrilled to be there. Chuck, you brought this up last week. There is a idea out there. You have the season ticket holders, but there's probably been, Tommy, different people that have attended each game this year. And that might sound pretty basic in principle, but you have fans that, hey, they saved up their money to South Carolina. They saved up their money to go to Cincinnati. So there's been not just the recycled fans that are season ticket holders, but the ones that have had to pick out that one certain game to go to this season. 
at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic, just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core jewelry! You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. Sam Pittman was on Sports Center with Matt Berry yesterday and had this to say about beating Texas A&M. Well, we're going to have to score on offense. I mean, we're going to have to. I think our strength on our team right now is our offense, our offensive line, and, and our, our skill. Uh, we're going to have to score. We're going to have to hang on to the ball. We're going to have to tackle better. We haven't tackled well this year. We've got to tackle better. We've got to guard. We've got to cover better. Guys, always good when you can be on the four-letter network and use it as a recruiting tool, but... I think Sam Pittman's pretty confident in what his offense can do against Texas A&M on Saturday. 47 points is the most ever scored by the Razorbacks in this series, 2009. Any way that number's threatened, Chuck? Well, it could be. I mean, here's the thing about A&M's defense. They've been good at keeping teams from scoring touchdowns. They've given up rushing yards. They, uh, If you really look at their numbers, I mean, they've uh, they've not been a – you know, a smothering type defense per se, but uh, they've kept people out of the end zone. And, you know, I think Arkansas is going to have to score. I, I, you know, here's kind of the way I view it right now. If your offensive line plays well and you can control the tempo of the game with your offensive line and you can tackle well, you can tackle well on defense, I think that's enough to win the game even though the back end right now defensively is not where you want it to be. If you can control the tempo of the game with your offensive line and if you can tackle well, not give up yards after catch, not let the running backs get into the second level, all that stuff, um, I think that'll be enough to win the game. There's not going to be a – I don't think we're going to see a perfect defensive performance, maybe not at any point this season. Um, but I think they're going to be able to score enough points to win the vast majority of the games they play. Tommy, you just asked Chuck a question. I'll ask you a question. Rockets leading the SEC. He's fourth or third in the country right now in rushing. Is he the SEC rushing leader by season's end? Oh, he's off to a good start. I, I, that's a good question. Um, you like his chances right now? I'll say yes, just because there's no one right now that blows you away. But uh, I don't think that'll be as easy as just, uh, you know, he keeps doing what he's doing. We got Arkansas's 2023 football schedule. Guys, does Florida ever come here? I mean, you have to go there in 2020. I know they came here in 2016. You got clobbered by them. I think it was 08 or 07. But I think it was 08. Why does it always seem like we're going to Gainesville? Well, I mean, you know, that's just, uh, I mean, they've, They've come here. I don't. It doesn't really seem that way to me. I mean, we've we've been there, and they've been here, and it's kind of like you know they're on the other side. We don't play them that often. This 
this stuff's only going to be exacerbated when the league expands. I mean, we're going to, you know, we're going to be sitting here saying the same thing about other schools. I mean, you know, the more teams you add, the, um, you know, you just don't see guys in your building as often as you used to. Yeah. You got to go to Baton Rouge in September next year, but if you're going to go to the swamp, November's a good time to do it from the standpoint of the, the heat and humidity, Chuck. Uh, you know Florida weather well. You've been down to the swamp several times early in the year. That will catch some teams off guard. Yeah, well, I mean, it's always hot down there. Um, November, it won't be quite as hot, but Gainesville's still pretty warm in November even. So, um, you know, that um, it might be an issue then because you've not played in it in a while, you know, probably not since September, early October. I think the thing that's interesting about the schedule next year is the fact that you play LSU in September. We have, yep. uh, you know, uh, we've grown accustomed to playing them. You know, we grew accustomed to playing them on the Friday after Thanksgiving, and then, you know, we've grown accustomed, you know, I don't know accustomed, but recently you've uh, not played them then, but you played them right after Alabama, and now you're going to play them in September. And, hey, you want to talk about being hot? <laughs> it's going to be hot in Baton Rouge on oh, September yeah. 23rd or whatever that day is. Well, to your point, you have not played LSU outside of November since the 66 Cotton Bowl. So it has um, been okay. it has well, been a little right. while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's just uh, that's just. And, and look uh, again when this thing expands and the schedule blows up and they come up with a whole new one, um, we're going to see more things like that. I don't know if you know, like for example, when we played Texas every year, it was always the third Saturday in October, and and uh, um, you know Tennessee and Alabama always played on that day, and so I don't, you know, I don't know if you're going to have things like that anymore. We'll just have to see. To the on the subject of Gainesville, I've I've got a buddy, guys, that's already told his wife whose birthday is that weekend that they're going to celebrate it another weekend because he wants to go to Gainesville. I don't think he's. I think he might regret that, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Well, right now that's the one I got circled. I, you know, I definitely want to go to. Looks fun. Hey, the swamp's fun. The swamp's fun when Florida's good. I mean, when Florida's good, the swamp's fun. We'll see if Napier gets that thing up to standard in year two. They had a big game on Saturday against Tennessee in Knoxville. Practice updates for you. So we know Dominique Johnson is back. Miles Slusher and Jashad Stewart are back as well. I know a lot of people have been wondering about those guys heading into this game week. Uh, I I know we keep asking this question, but are we going to see Dominique Johnson on Saturday? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, saying Dominique's going to play this week's made a liar out of all of us. I mean, a couple of times this year. So uh, I'm going to go with I don't know when someone says, is is Dominique going to play this week? Yeah, it's it's it's. It's a shift because you've had coaches, you know, or you know, Coach Pittman has said, "Hey, they're medically clear, and it's up to them," which is to me weird because it, you know, in the days I grew up, it was up to the coach whether you played or not, even if you were coming off an injury. Now it's up to the player. It's just it's a different field, Chuck, from than when we grew up watching guys that you know you had to take them off the field when they were injured. They they uh, they absolutely wanted to play. Yeah, and, and look, I, I don't I don't I don't know all the ins and outs of you know the the psychological hurdle that you've got to you know get over to play because i've never had acl surgery and i've never been knocked silly like miles slusher was yeah. by that guy in that cincinnati game so um i know that each player's you know i mean at the end of the day you gotta you know you're the one that knows well, how you feel the point i was trying to make and I, I worded it 
poorly was the medical protocols and the way we go through the clearing of the medical hurdles is just so vastly yeah, different, it's different than it was. Now. Uh, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And, and you know, there's not as much, particularly with head injuries, um, there's not as much pressure on the player to come back quickly. Because over time now, over the last 40 or 50 years, we've seen the long-term effects of these types of injuries. And the days of, you know, here's some smelling salts, get back in there. I mean, we've, we've, we've seen yeah. the long-term effects of doing it that way. Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. Have you tried Binville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Binville Brewing. Jerry Jones is an Arkansas Razorback. He's also the Dallas Cowboy owner. Not a lot of people knew who this guy was when he initially bought them. That's something Chuck talked about Bob with on the latest edition of the Give Me the Hogs Chuck podcast. Jerry Jones was always so good to us, uh, to the media in general, and especially to me personally. He was really, I think he really enjoyed that Arkansas and him too. You know, he enjoyed that Arkansas, it meant a lot to him that the Arkansas media was out there and you know, I think he has always been, for all his stardom, and I don't think it's just him. I see it with Stephen when we're down there. I see it with the entire Jones family. There is genuine pride that the Razorbacks play in their stadium. It is genuine personal pride. You can say whatever you want to about Jerry Jones, but he has always been proud that he's from Arkansas. Not just at the fact that, you know, he's a Razorback but proud that he's an Arkansan. And uh, I believe that is as genuine as anything he says or does. And I know that when he bought the Cowboys, um, as Bob says in our podcast, he took personal pride in the fact that media from Arkansas came to Dallas, or in the early days, Thousand Oaks, California, for their training camp. And I, I, I think even to today, when he is, you know, morphed into a global star, um, I think the pride that that family feels and the Cowboys playing in that stadium is genuine, and I think it comes from their deep roots in our state, and I think that people in our state understand that and they appreciate that. I think one of the interesting things he he made that transaction, as we know, in the late '80s, that would have put him in his what late forties age-wise at the time and I've heard him tell the story he had he'd done well enough at oil and gas he was basically retired had enough money at that point to uh to not have to worry the rest of life and mortgaged it all you know risked it all down to down to his shirt to to buy the cowboys and uh I think that's one of the neat parts of the story there was no sure thing uh that it was going to turn out the way it has Chuck when he bought that uh, franchise in the late 80s well people scoffed at him 
I mean, he yeah. was a redneck. He was a redneck. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's that's how they treated him. And, you know, he fired Tom Landry. I mean, my God, he fired God's coach. And, uh, you know, I mean, he was blistered. They looked yeah. at him as a rube. And then they went 1-13. and 13, And they piled on like crazy. But, you know, even for people in our state, and you, you, you go back to the late 80s, unless you were a you know, pretty good student of Razorback history, you didn't know who Jerry Jones was. Now, he'd done a lot of oil and gas business, for example, in the Fort Smith area, a lot of it. And um, people in Little Rock knew who he was. But he wasn't a star. And, uh, you know, I guarantee you there were a lot of people in Arkansas the day he bought the Cowboys that didn't even know Jerry Jones was from Arkansas. He didn't know who he was. And now it's impossible to fathom that somebody wouldn't know who Jerry Jones is. But at the time, it was one of the big novelties in sports. And they viewed him as a redneck from Arkansas. And that's how they treated him. And he changed that impression. And uh, I think Jerry Jones, you know, you can feel however you want to about the Cowboys. But he's done an awful lot for our state. And there are a lot of things in our state that um, if you figure, you know, if you follow the money and figure out who's funding it, a lot of it goes right back to Jerry Jones, and, and he's made a big investment in our state. And, and um, But I think his love for the Razorbacks and his love for Arkansas is maybe the most genuine part of him. One of my favorite videos from the Texas game last year is Bobby Portis is in Jerry Jones's box in Razorback Stadium, and there is a genuine respect between both of them. And then you see the fans that are sitting right below Jerry's box going, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. And we've seen the video of Nola and other places he's been. He is as, and we always talk about John Daly, Darren McFadden's in that list, but he is as widely known as not just the Cowboys owner, but as a Razorback as well as you were just talking. And he, he takes pride in that, which is that much bigger of a deal. Well, from a media standpoint, he's the biggest sports figure our state's produced. I'm not talking about the best player. I'm not talking about anything like that. I'm talking about in terms of sports figures. He's the uh, he's the biggest our state's ever produced. I mean, he he's owned the Dallas Cowboys for thirty something years. Yeah. And um, you know, in the sports world, it doesn't get much bigger than that. We played the clip a few weeks ago. Ty, you may have been on vacation that week, but when first take was down there with Stephen A. Smith at the Star and all this stuff and. And he played the part, I mean, he called Stephen A. a fraud, <laughs> that he was really a Cowboys fan. And he just played it perfectly. He eats that stuff up, and he's he, a he knows the role. He, he's exactly. a natural show. He's, he's an entertainer. He's an entertainer. He's a salesman. He'd sell, you know, he'd sell, I mean, he can sell anything. Yeah. Well, I got it right here. Let's he knows just, it. For those that didn't get a chance to listen to it like I didn't because I was in a drunken stupor that week, here's what he said. I don't agree with some people who in the past have been critical of you. Because i got to tell you something. I actually like the talent that you've accumulated on this roster over the years. I can, There have been several occasions where I have looked at this roster and I said there's no excuse why you shouldn't be a championship contender. You've got the owner. You've got the facilities. You've got the players. The problem of these damn fans here, right here, <laughs> we have, we have any Jerry out of his chair. Hey, Jerry, out of his chair. Hey, Jerry, out of your bag. 
It's not the players. It's not you. It's them. Every time they, the more they talk, the more bad luck comes your way. If oh, they, come if on, they, if they be quiet, maybe uh, you'll have some good luck. You know what, Jerry? Did you know? I, I've heard. I heard it. I heard it. I heard it before. That stuff coming out of Stephen A. They're the ones that said you couldn't have something like the star. See, see. Okay. They always say that, Stephen they A. Always. When you're not there, but let me tell you what they do. They come on around. <laughs> you know, you've been talking right. about it. When we do make us some of that success, my friend Stephen A. And I want him there, the prodigal son. I'll have him right there. <laughs> Right back in. We'll receive you back. What are you talking about specifically? What are you trying to say, Jerry? Well, what I'm saying is deep down you're a fraud. You're a real cowboy fan. (laughs) I'm hearing that for the first time. That's... He Stephen knows A what got he's out doing. Stephen A there. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, you say whatever you want to about Stephen A. That guy knows how to put on a show. Oh, and Jerry that was perfect. knows how to put on a show. Oh. And they knew exactly what they were doing. And Jerry's Jerry still got a little showman in him. Oh, he's got a lot. I mean, that was a great moment and uh, just from from an entertainment standpoint. Oh. But uh uh, it was like WWE or something. It just had the way they had the I crowd stoked up. I was thinking the up. same thing. It's almost like <laughs> professional wrestling. Wrestling. Yeah, not wrestling, but yeah, wrestling. But, uh, hey, you know, if if you get to a point and Arkansas wins this week and the stars align and, and game day is uh, in Fayetteville, and there's a lot of things that have to happen for that to happen. Jerry's the one that could could put on the greatest show as a guest picker or something representing our state. I mean, you know, no disrespect to John Daly or Darren McFadden or anyone else, but uh, Jerry's one of the great ambassadors for our state and our program. He really is. And, I mean, uh, do I have time to tell a really quick story? Do I sure. have time, Ty? All right. A couple of years ago, we had a basketball game in Fayetteville. Matt Zimmerman and I broadcasted the basketball game, and then we hopped on the school plane to go to Baton Rouge for the LSU game. It was a tight, I mean, it was a tight window. Day game basketball, night game in Baton Rouge. We get to Baton Rouge, there's been a wreck on I-10. State police say you're not going to make it. So we're on the phone. I mean, I was not going to make the game. I was not going to be there for kickoff. They said there's no way. Well, like, you know, manna from heaven, Jerry Jones' plane lands. And Jerry Jones gets out of this huge jet, just Jerry and his wife. He's got his own police escort. And, I mean, it's, it's, it, it, it's not a team escort. It's a Jerry and Gene Jones escort. And so Z was driving. I, I hope these people don't mind me saying this. Zimmerman was driving. Hunter Urechek and his family were in there, and I was in there. And we got behind Jerry Jones's. I mean, he invited us into the motorcade. And uh, you want to talk about the sea party. I've been in football <laughs> motorcades all my professional career. It's nothing like having your own personal motorcade they could have had a 20 car pile up on i-10 and they'd have had cranes out there moving them out of the way for jerry to come through <laughs> we got to the stadium i swear to god we got to the stadium the scoreboard clock said 1502 before kickoff that's when i walked into the stadium the game started in 15 minutes if it had not been for jerry jones we'd have never made it i don't think i've ever seen anyone as scared in my life as mad zimmerman was behind the wheel of that car <laughs> Because, I mean, we were, hey, it was tight, baby. And, I I mean, the places they were taking us, I mean, your margin for error on either side of the car was about six inches. And, uh, but we made it. 
But if it had not been for Jerry Jones, we would not have made it. And I remember him getting off the plane, coming to the car, going, "Hey, we got plenty of food on the plane. Y'all need something to eat." And we're like, "Jerry, we we gotta get to the game." And uh, I mean, he knew he knew his police escort would get him there. And just for the record, when we got there, he got a lot closer to the door than we did. We parked about you know. 300 yards away, Jerry got out of his car and went right through the gate. So once we got to the stadium, we were not in the escort anymore. We were on our own. Mm. But if it had not been for him, we'd have never made it. That's a true story. You just you can't hide money, can you? You just no, can't hide no. money. When you got a personal <laughs> escort, you're the man. Now, I would hey, love guys, to have – I, I'd Go just love to have been a fly on the wall in that car with your. I can just imagine the level of anxiety oh you were feeling with Hunter, your check, his wife. I bet you were well, bouncing off the windows. Well, and then triple that because I wasn't driving. Triple that to the driver. <laughs> Z. And, uh, uh, yeah. Z. 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 Oh, know, I can just hear you. Oh, I've never oh. missed the start of a broadcast. I can just, I can just, you know, what, what do you oh. call that? Uh, surrender Cobra or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, yeah, he was yeah, doing he was, that in the car on the way to the I stadium. <laughs> oh, we were on the phone. Yeah, I mean, we were going over stuff, how it was all going to work. But uh, Jerry Jones bailed us out. So I'll, uh, I'll always story. look at him fondly right there. Great hey, story. guys, you've heard me talk about Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, and, you know, how they're, how they're professional realtors. There's a reason that they're professional realtors, and it goes to their training program. And I'm not talking about, hey, I'm going to throw you in a car with a guy that's done it a while. You do what he does. I'm talking about real professional training, classroom, producing professional realtors that can get you from contract to close. That really, when you get right down to it, if you get to the nuts and bolts, that's what separates them from everybody else and you're going to deal with a pro you're going to deal with a well-trained professional that knows how to get you from contract to close that was my experience and i think that'll be your experience as well now they've got offices they've got offices in fayetteville springdale they're in bentonville they're in fort smith they've even opened up a new office up in branson you're going to see their yellow signs and yards they're everywhere you're going to see those Uh, you can log on to weikerdgriffin.com Trained real estate professionals. Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company. Greg Sankey said something interesting at the Little Rock Rotary Club yesterday. It's from Brandon Marcello. That starting in 2024, two to three of the SEC kickoff times could be announced in the conference in July thanks to the new media right shift. Guys, do you like finding out six or 12 days before when the game time is? Or would you rather just have the whole season the game time's laid out for you. I'd rather have the whole Oh, I think use a combination of the two. Uh, I I mean, you don't want to have a situation where you get to a week where two teams, whether it's us or somebody else, where, you know, they're unexpectedly good and all of a sudden a matchup uh, becomes a top 25 matchup, but you've got it stuck in a, you know, a time slot and you've already got your prime time slot for two brands that maybe aren't as good as everybody thought they were going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I just, I think you've got to have some flexibility, but, um, you know, maybe, maybe we'll be able to do this. It, it is really hard to travel. And as the conferences get larger geographically, um, it's going to be really, really difficult to travel if you're not in a position where you can make airplane reservations 14 days in advance. That 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 really hurts people with big conferences. Yeah. Go ahead, we, Tom. We got to get we got to get used to the idea that 
11 o'clock is not lesser than 6 o'clock because in some leagues, 11 in the Big Ten, 11 is in the Big 12, 11 is the prime spot. Uh, we've got this idea that if you're playing at 11, you're no good, and only if you're at 2.30 or the ESPN game at 6 that you're, you're respected. You know, it's, it's a disrespect if you're playing any other time slot. I think you're going to see marquee games in all three windows moving forward. And um, I think you're going to see that schedule further out because just what Chuck said, people can make plans. Tommy, on that note, I, I would ask you that, and, or I would tell you, fans that are going in the games will never buy into that sentiment, whether they're attending or just tailgating outside. But I think you can convince people based on the numbers that we've seen at 11 a.m. that that is a, a reasonable slot to be put in for the recruiting. Because when you think about national television, you think about, hey, we want to be here so other people can watch our football team, which we do care deeply about in this state, whether we should or not. That's what you're going to have to convince. But you'll never convince them that 11 a.m. is a good time to go if they're actually attending a game, ever. Well, you're probably on to something there. But I think that you know the flip side of all this TV money, the flip side to all the conference expansion is that they don't care if you like 11 o'clock kickoffs or not. Mm-hmm. They couldn't care less. It's the last thing on their, you know, I care about list. Um, they're going to dictate the times, and this is going to be all about television. It is going – college football more and more is becoming a made-for-television event. And um, you're going to have 11 o'clock kickoffs, and if they want to put you there, by God, that's where you'll play. And and that's just kind of how it's going to work. But the key is it's 11 o'clock on – ESPN. It's not Lincoln Financial. It's not Raycom. It's not Jefferson Pilot Sports. It's ESPN well, right after college game yeah, day. But there's no doubt about that. But I mean, um, you know, the biggest the the biggest numbers guys in this TV deal are not going to come from ESPN. They're going to come from ABC. Um, that's that's where your biggest numbers are going to come. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'll give you an example, fellas. I mean. Um, that Alabama game on CBS, that's going to be watched by a whole lot more people than this game is on ESPN Saturday night. I mean, there's a, there's an aura to ESPN, as you say. But in terms of numbers, it's going to be ABC. You know, we're going to look at the end of the year. The highest-rated SEC game is going to be on ABC. It's not going to be on ESPN because just of the over-the-air opportunities there. The CBS game has always been the game that draws traditionally the biggest numbers, and it's still going to draw those big numbers. Where the SEC is going to have to counter that is on ABC. It's not going to be on ESPN. The biggest game's going to be, I think, I think will be in, and it's still going to be an afternoon slot. It's just going to be mm-hmm. on ABC. And let's also think about that yesterday. And let's think about this, Tommy. You said something important earlier this week. We got to remember the CBS two thirty Big Ten game. It's their second best game of the day. It's not their first. Fox gets that. It's their second. So you can put a great SEC matchup, which is already a better brand of football, to go against that. Nine times out of ten, it's going to be a better football and more watched game. I'm back to Chuck. We were talking about this yesterday where you won't be on CBS. You will be on ABC. 230 will probably still be the number one pick. Wherever they want to put these games, the top game will probably go somewhere around 230 Central on ABC Uh, much like what we see now with CBS. We are all fascinated by cable television, whether it be in our sports coverage, whether it be in the way we get our news, whether it be the way we get our 
opinions. Um, but but whether it's it's a national newscast, whether it's a football game, whether it's the World Cup, whether it's whatever, um, it's still ABC, NBC, and CBS that give you the best opportunities to draw, you know, that extra two or three million viewers, which really really matter when it comes to TV money. There is an aura though to ESPN, and back to your original point, if you're going to play at eleven o'clock in the morning. The place to play is on ESPN right after game day. But you have to understand that you're still going up against Fox's best game. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.